Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the Redheaded Preacher Podcast for January 8th, 2023. My name is Richard, and uh, Richard Lanford, I'm the Redheaded Preacher of St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie, Illinois. For this, this, On Sunday, January 8th, we celebrated a baptism, and the scripture readings were about the baptism of Christ, according to Matthew. And because we didn't mark Epiphany with a service on Friday, the scriptures also include the visit of the Magi. So Epiphany is observed, but the message uh, focuses on, on baptism. Now normally, and I say this, I think, in the, in the homily is, when I preach on baptism, I often take um, the approach of exploring baptism as a core of our identity as Christians and also our calling. Uh, that we are called as people baptized into the body of Christ, called to to serve, to call to discipleship, called to ministry. And uh, this time I didn't do that exactly. I took a different tack, and um, I hope you will find it different as well, different way of looking at it. And the, the title of the message kind of gives you a hint about that, at least I hope it is. I don't have the title in front of me. I apologize, but I know it is in the materials that you got to access this podcast. Without any uh, more conversation on my part, other than a prayer, which I'll offer now, we'll turn it over to our elector. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit who baptized Jesus in the Jordan, along with John the Baptist, your servant. Be with us as we open our minds and ears to the scriptures, to an exploration of the scriptures, and to more fruitful service in your realm, which has no end. In the name of Christ, amen. And now the scriptures. Our first reading is from Isaiah 42, verses 1 through 9. This is what scholars call the first servant song, of which there are four. Who is the servant? There are differing differing views on the servant's identity, but a major interpretation is that the servant here is Israel itself. Here is my servant who I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I've put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth, and the coastlands wait for his teaching. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people upon it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. I have given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, 
that is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to idols. See the former things that have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. This ends the reading from Isaiah. As we are marking Epiphany two days late, the next reading is Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. After the choir sings, I will read a second gospel passage, the one set aside in the lectionary for today, the 8th, which is the baptism of Christ. As we have two gospels, I will only ask you to stand for the second one. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jesus asking, Where is this child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star Herod had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star and that they had seen it rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Will those who are able please rise for the reading of the Gospel? It is Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and a lightning on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Here ends the reading of all the scriptures for this morning's service. Thanks be to God for this, the word of God for the people of God. When I do premarital counseling, one of the worksheets that my couples do is about values and goals. Each of the couples, one at a time, they respond to a stated value or goal on this piece of paper on a scale of one to four. One is not at all essential for me while four is essential for me. One of the statements to respond to is pleasing others, parents, friends, etc. And sometimes a four pops up. That there follows an admission that, yes, 
for that person, pleasing their parents, for example, is really, really important to them, essential. Is that a bad thing? Probably not to some parents. In some cases, it can be a value, though, that supersedes that a man shall leave his father and mother and cling unto his wife, of which Genesis, Jesus, and Ephesians chapter 5 speak. And that superseding would be a bad thing in most cases. Now, I'm not going to preach about family dynamics exactly, but I do want to lift up the idea that baptism has to do, in part, as with Jesus' baptism, pleasing our heavenly parent. In my effort to be brief, let's go straight to the scriptures that give us this great idea. Isaiah 42, which we heard Beth read, has the Lord say, Here is my servant whom I uphold my chosen in whom my soul delights. Not coincidentally, the words from God at Jesus' baptism are, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Hmm. With whom I am well pleased, very close to, in whom my soul delights. My annotated study Bible comments, beloved, similar in meaning to chosen, refers to an act of will rather than of feeling. Now Christians generally believe that the servant songs, which began right here with verse 1 of Isaiah 42, and go on through, there are four of them, they appear throughout Isaiah, concluding with the Good Friday passages of Isaiah 52 and 53, that's echoed as a whole for Jesus' life, when God speaks a close paraphrase of that 42 verse 1 at his baptism, at Jesus' baptism. Jesus, the chosen one, in whom the Father is very pleased, previewed prophetically in Isaiah 42, where the chosen one delights the soul of God. Jesus, that chosen, the beloved, delights the soul of the Father or the Creator. He learns that at his baptism. A finch has been baptized into the church, a.k.a. the body of Christ on earth. Sometimes I preach on how that means, this baptism means that the baptized one is part of the body which does ministry, as Jesus did ministry. And we know that I do not, necess- I do not mean ordained ministry, at least in most cases. Here, though, I'm not going to take that tack necessarily. We talked in pre-baptism about calling and identity. So I thought I'll do something a little bit different in talking about baptism grounded in Isaiah and in Jesus' baptism. So let's go back to pleasing our parents, in this case, pleasing our God, as Jesus was set apart to do that also. Now, we are not the chosen servant. We are not the beloved with a capital B. We are not Jesus. But we do share in his baptism as part of his body on earth. In his baptism, you and I discover that one of our callings, a healthy one, is pleasing God. Well, how do we delight the soul of God? And I just, during I, after I wrote this, I thought, the soul of God. That's just God, isn't it? But anyway, Isaiah gives us more than a hint in describing this servant who in our faith points to our Savior, how do we delight the soul of God? 
as followers of Jesus, you, I, and the church can bring delight to God by working to bring justice to the nations as noted in Isaiah 42, verse 1, and also implied in some of the following verses Beth read. It is for this ministry and others in sync with that spirit that God has, quoting Isaiah again, has called us in righteousness and has taken us by the hand and kept us. For this, these kinds of things that, that please God, that Isaiah lets us know about. Well, to serve the God of Israel is to bring as a people, for Finch and all baptized are set apart as a people, to bring righteousness and justice to the world through service to other people. Now, unlike traditional rulers, especially in the time of Jesus, the servant chosen by the Lord will bring forth justice not through the forceful public pronouncement of edicts, but rather through the approach that preserves even the most fragile and damaged evidence of faithfulness. For remember, from Isaiah, and this is always spoken to me, speaking of the servant, or those who are serving the servant in doing, bringing justice, a bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. So if we are having, you know, if we're feeling just overwhelmed or damaged in the work we're doing as part of our love of neighbor, that's okay. You know, we're not going to be, we're going to be nurtured and brought back. We're not going to be quenched or snuffed out or broken. When you and I and Finch, as he grows and matures, work for fairness and peace and spreading the love of neighbor, of God and of enemy, teaching of Jesus, which is an act of will rather than of feeling, we are pleasing God. We're fulfilling our baptism as God's children and God's servants. When you and I and Finch, with how we live as agents of grace and agents of transformation from apathy, prejudice, selfishness, wickedness, injustice, into love and compassion and welcome and healing, faith and integrity, we are pleasing God. Embracing baptism, to go back to the homily title, embracing baptism, ours and Finch's, we are embracing the call to, like Jesus, enjoy pleasing our God in these ways, loving our neighbor, etc. I should end here, as I do try to be brief when we have a sacrament, but I beg your indulgence just a little bit longer. Embracing baptism also means we embrace belonging. That's important. I still remember being a student in chapel at Bethel College when speaker Tony Campolo said to us, Lone Ranger Christians tend to burn out. We are not to be about this following Jesus all by ourselves, but within a community. As Jesus was baptized by water and the Holy Spirit, claimed as Son of God, so we and Finch the baptized are claimed by God as belonging to God, belonging to love. Just so then, regardless of denomination, 
We are sacramentally part of the community of faith, belonging to God and to each other in covenant. Now, some of you will remember a phrase from some of my previous baptisms. I used to say that in the sacrament of baptism of children, that Christ claims them as his own, calling them to himself. And that's what that stained glass window we see doing. The, the children were coming to him, and he was receiving them. And it's not a coincidence that that stained glass window is right by the baptismal font. There is a power in belonging. We find belonging in relationships, especially community. If think, this is not belonging in the sense of possession or ownership. It's, if things work well, we find a connection within community, and belonging cements that connection. Twenty-plus years ago, one of my former confirmands who joined our church softball team traveled far from home by bike most of the time. She traveled far to make practice and to play on that softball team. She was not a skillful player, but she was not a quitter. Her mom, who grew up in St. Peter's, said that her daughter continued to come because she liked being part of a team. She liked belonging to something. And after the team finally completed its history years later, I understood that better. Being belonging, excuse me, belonging enabled John the Baptist's disciples to leave behind the cultural norms and religious expectations and follow the new direction that John offered. Belonging would be the invitation that Jesus would offer his closest companions. Follow me, be with me. Belonging compelled Jesus to enter the world as Emmanuel and to enter the river Jordan to be baptized. Baptism is a sacrament of belonging to our triune God, to the body of Christ, and to other members of that ecumenical body. It was either Anna Case Winters or United Church of Christ Pastor Cheryl Lindsay who wrote, and I quote, I love baptism. No matter the reason people come to the water, it is a choice, and the Holy One meets them. She continued, as I draw near to a close, I will also confess that I am weary of all the ways we try to add layers of gatekeeping to baptism and the entrenched debates over infant baptism. It is not that these are not important theological questions to explore. It's that in engaging them, we often fail to make the main thing the main thing. In Jesus' response to John's hesitancy, because they had this conversation before John would baptize Jesus, Jesus conveys that baptism has meaning and it has substance beyond John's and perhaps our own understanding. Perhaps, this woman continued, either Anna or Cheryl, perhaps it's because I believe that baptism is as invitational as the table. It's not a talisman to avoid the gates of hell. It's a public demonstration of belonging to a community where holy love reigns. It's a sign of joining as a member of the body of Christ it's a commitment to live the baptized life. End of quote. So let us embrace baptism. Here, Finch, and we are called to please God.
by working for justice and peace, loving our neighbors, our God, our enemies, and one another. And let's embrace baptism too, for in it we find belonging in and to a community where, as imperfect as it is, holy love reigns. Alleluia. Amen. Pleasing God and belonging to God and God's people. It sounds good to me. Um, you know, the phrase, and I hope that I conveyed this in the, in the preaching of it, the idea of delighting the soul of God um, out of Isaiah, in whom my soul delights. The, the idea that someone um, could delight the soul of God. The word delight is, is quite something. Um, and we know Jesus did that. And uh, we hope that uh, by the grace of God, and our discipleship, we are able to please God too. And uh, baptism puts us on that journey. So thanks for uh, listening to this somewhat different take on uh, the sacrament of baptism and baptizing, uh, baptizing Finch as well. And uh, next Sunday, we are going to have, uh, it's January 15th, I expect to be preaching on uh, something related to the Martin Luther King Jr. legacy. And that's all I'll say right now. So may God bless you, and may God bless your week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Like what you've heard? Hit subscribe to follow and get updates on our newest additions to the Redheaded Preacher. We'd love it if you'd give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us online under most social media platforms by typing St. Peter UCC Skokie in your browser. Donations are much needed and very welcomed. You can donate to us by going to paypal.me backslash St. Peter UCC Skokie. This information and more can also be found in the show notes wherever you listen to our podcast. Thank you so much.